the Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, we're, we're halfway through the season, basically. I can't believe this. Yeah, it's going quick. I mean, it kind of gets to be Groundhog Day, but yeah, I mean, it's going quick. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes I'm happy about that, and, and sometimes a little sad. You know, we'll be, we'll right. be wishing for like few, for football in in just a few months, but the grind is tough too. True, true. Matt, today we've got Travis May joining us. Travis is a writer at DLF and and also the uh, host of the Dynasty Life podcast. Travis, how's it going, man? I'm going great now that we've uh, got my microphone and everything working just fine. So. <laughs> Yeah, glad to glad to join you guys again. I think it's been a while since I joined you, so uh, always good talking dynasty. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're going to uh, we're going to continue uh, kind of our plan, our, our theme for the uh, regular season, looking at some different potential scenarios that dynasty owners might be considering based on games yeah. from the past week or so, as as well as some of the other news. We've had a ton of, uh, I guess, off field news with trades and uh and injuries and things like that so we'll mix those things in as well and as we've done uh all season long we're just going to choose if if this idea if this scenario is an appropriate reaction or maybe an overreaction and we Hmm. we credit our buddy Dwayne Brown with that some things he was talking about in the preseason so let's get right to it we'll start with the Thursday night game the Broncos and the Cardinals and David Johnson getting better and better. Uh, I was I was shocked to see he's actually an RB one on the season. Uh, there's been lots of complaints about his usage and uh, not seeing enough work in the passing game, and and I certainly understand all that. But when it comes down to it, he's still in those in that top twelve running backs. Uh, and of course, now we know that Mike McCoy has been fired following this game, which we think is going to be good news for Johnson and for the entire. Arizona offense. I'm going to buy David Johnson for two first round picks. Travis, let's start with you. Is that an appropriate reaction or is that overreacting? I mean, I would do that. I think before the season, we all would do that just because of where he was valued in in startups and what we thought was going to happen. I mean, his injury didn't take any life off of his legs and really was kind of a freak, you know, thing with his wrist. And so there was there was less concern coming into this year um, than ever. I think we were all hopeful he was just going to show up and be the uh, running back one that we all knew he could be and uh, took took a really ugly offense to ruin him there for a bit. But I, I love that value. Matt, what about you? Yeah, I'm all over that too. I mean, I was a huge, huge fan of him before the year. Um, I think that the offseason will – you know, be good to him going forward. I think the coaching change will be good to him. I'm still a big believer in Rosen. I bet that offense isn't terrible next year, and I bet it gets better throughout this year. Oh yeah. So we we had one of these a couple weeks ago, I believe, with uh, Dan when we had Dan Sanio on. Uh, that this is probably an an underreaction. It sounds like th- that's the situation here. You guys don't think two first rounders is enough for DJ? Agree. Is that right? No way. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously on board with you guys, and uh, maybe, maybe even uh, a little, a little off on the valuation there. It just seems like the DJ hate 
really went crazy there for a little bit at the beginning of the season, but it really did. I mean, I mean, well, Ryan, you know, you do the ADP stuff. So, I mean, you, I, I just looking at his drop, he dropped out of the first round immediately. Yeah. Uh, and just this past month's average draft position data. And so, I mean, that's, that's a crazy overreaction. Any, anytime after like half, less than half the season, you're dropping somebody who was just a first round startup value down to pick 15 or as late as 19 in one of those mock drafts. I mean, that's that's a steep, fast drop. Well, there were a lot of comparisons to the Todd Gurley season. Uh, I think that was 2016 when uh, when we were also frustrated, not with him necessarily, but with his coaching staff and, and with uh, the way he was being used. And and really, it is a very similar situation. Uh, I guess the, the main difference is that uh, Johnson is a couple years older, so not sure if we expect him to ever regain that RB1 overall status, but uh, certainly already seeing his value bounce back. One little difference, though, is if you remember, I thought Gurley's tape was ugly, too. Like, he wasn't super interested. Like, if you watch Johnson on tape, he looks pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, regardless... Like, like we said, it sounds like Johnson's value is bouncing back. Uh, two first-rounders would be an easy accept, we all agree, and, and probably have to add more than that. Let's move on to the next game, the Chargers and the Titans, the London game from this past week. And, and, and Travis, your, your team, the Titans here, let's talk about them a little bit. We finally saw a pretty good game from Derrick Henry. Uh, he finished RB17 for the week. That was actually his first game of the season, finishing in the top 40 running backs in, in any week. And he also scored his first touchdown of the season. I've been a frustrated Derrick Henry owner. He had this pretty good game. Uh, I'm, I'm getting out while I can. I'm taking advantage of this. I'm selling for a future second rounder. I just want out of, of the Derrick Henry business. Travis, we'll start with you again. What are your thoughts on that? Is that an overreaction? Am I selling too low? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think if that's going to be an early uh, second price, I mean, that's probably more than his value is in, in many people's mind right now. I mean, it's it's just bottomed out. It's absolutely nothing for some people. And, you know, having people slide into my DMs with really concerned, flipping out and, you know, selling them for nothing. And so I think that value is probably about right if it looks like he's going to trend in a positive direction. But even this past week, he couldn't get to three yards per carry. Uh, so I, I just I don't really want to buy uh, him in this offense. He just looks out of place. Like even when he slides out and they, they kind of got creative and got him open on his two receptions on basically the same play. Uh, it was almost like a screen, but it was just basically he kind of delayed and then kind of slipped out to the flat, but he didn't have any you know blockers ahead of him. Same play. Uh, they did it twice. I don't know why they didn't do it again because he got 32 yards on those two touches. But I don't believe in him being a long-term receiving option when you have Deion Lewis on the team. And they're probably going to just, even after he's gone, they're probably just going to replace that role with somebody else. So I I don't even see him being on the Titans after his rookie contract is up. I don't even think, you know, I really just don't know. He's, he's a huge question. So if you can get a second, take it and run. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was originally saying... Man, that's a, that's nothing to get for the guy, but he's in a bad situation. They inherited him. I don't think that's the style of back they want at all. Maybe he's better at his next stop, or maybe they should consider trading him. But second round pick, I mean, I guess I take the pick and just get out because I can't start him. 
No, no. And, and I agree with Travis. Honestly, to me, it, it kind of slants more towards, I'm not sure if you can even get the pick in a lot of cases. I'm not sure you can even get a second rounder. So he's, he's one of those players to me that's kind of in between, certainly worth more than a random third rounder. Uh, not, not a ton of upside there, but yeah, not sure if you can get a, if you can get a second, especially if it does look like a, a high pick. Let's move on. Next game, the Bucks and the Browns. We've actually got a couple scenarios here. Lots of, uh, lots of players in this game we want to focus on. And we saw two of the top young tight ends in the game, David Njoku, O.J. Howard. Both had pretty good games, and, and both are kind of on hot streaks here. David Njoku is the tight end 8 on the season. O.J. Howard is the tight end 12, uh, even after missing some time. And, and I'm going to give you, you guys each your choice I'm selling Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski, we, we know he missed the game this uh, past week. There's ankle injuries. There, this back injury is, is creeping up again. I'm getting out of, out of Gronkowski while I can. Selling Gronk for one of these second-year tight ends and a second-round pick. Uh, so, Matt, we'll start with you this time. Which, which tight end would you rather target, and would you make that deal? Gronk, selling Gronk for one of the sophomores, and a second-rounder. I'm going to expand it. Would you put Engram definitely ahead of Njoku and Howard still? No, I don't think so. I think he's right in that conversation, too, and I don't know how I'd rank the three of them. I think all three, and particularly the two you mentioned here, Njoku and Howard, really look good. I mean, athletic, downfield threats, total packages. I think they're. this is a very tr- fair trade for Gronkowski. And the only reason I wouldn't do it is I think Gronk is due for a monster second half of the season. You know, that if I'm in it to win it, I probably stick with the old dude and think he racks up another 10 touchdowns or so with, you know, a, a, an offense clicking. They don't have the hammer, you know, uh, goal line back. But I think this is a very fair trade. And I think I'd take Njoku slightly over Howard. And since, since you threw uh, Ingram in there, uh, we could include George Kittle as well. Those four... Sophomore tight ends, I think they're all being valued about the same, honestly. Travis, what about you? Which of the sophomores do you like best? If you want to include the other two, you can do that as well. And would you make the deal to sell Gronk? I think, you know, I actually did sell Gronkowski once this offseason. And then on a contender where I lost basically all of my tight ends, like I had Jack Doyle, I had Tyler Eifert, I had Hunter Henry, uh, you know, just decimation, yeah. you know, just destruction. So I actually traded for Gronkowski when I was like four or five and oh and realized, OK, I really need eight starting tight end because I was just taking a, a zero or like one catch from Josh Hill every week. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was like that's not going to cut it when it when it gets to the playoffs. So I, I went for Gronk just, you know, swinging for the fences and it didn't cost me cr- something crazy. But yeah, he's a sell for me unless it's a weird win now situation where your team's undefeated and he would probably be the final piece there. But I'm really intrigued by David Njoku and George Kittle, probably more so than OJ Howard uh, long term. I really like Kittle. I really like Njoku. And I do still have Ingram slightly ahead of them. I don't want to fade him just because of the recency bias of him being kind of hurt. But. David Njoku, what he's been able to do, I mean, he's 29th in targets right now in the NFL, you know, through, what, seven weeks. I mean, that's a that's pretty solid. He's tied in four in terms of targets this year. And so if he continues in that trend, like he and Kittle are right there, I think four and five. 
in terms of uh, targets this year. And so if they're getting that steady of a workload, I want to invest in those guys over an O.J. Howard who only has, I think, 30 or so targets, whereas you know both those guys have over 50 targets already through this season. The teams clearly want Njoku to make plays. They clearly want Kittle to make plays and be like their second option at, at worst, really, in their offense. So I, I like their situation. Uh, I like the talent. I love the freak athleticism of Njoku. So uh, I probably he's my favorite uh, out of this crew. Ryan, it's, it's funny because you mentioned Kittle after I was done getting with the conversation. And I'll take Kittle over all of them. Not by leaps and bounds. I, I think he's Travis Kelsey. I mean, he is a yeah. unbelievable yeah. athlete. And with Shanahan scheming him up and Jimmy G coming back down the line, I mean, he's uh, – I think he's in the conversation, you know, like a, at the very top of the dynasty board for tight ends. I think he's a special player. Yeah. Maybe this is another case where my perception of the value is off a little bit. I think in general, people are are not putting Kittle up that high quite yet. So if you want to make this type of deal, if you want to sell Gronk, uh, Kittle might be the the main guy to target. Um, yep. Just just based on the the ease of the trade. If you go after Njoku, go after Howard. Those guys were uh, early picks, both in the NFL draft and in rookie drafts last year. Might be a little tougher to make that sell, but Kittle Kittle might be the one to. Uh, to get that deal done. I'm going to agree with you guys. I would make the deal. And, and honestly, I think I'd make the deal for any of the those four tight ends, Njoku, Howard, Ingram, Kittle, especially if I am getting uh, the second rounder back as well. Yeah. Before we get to the next game, I'd like to talk about Squad QL. I mean, if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, which is exactly why you're listening to us right now, well, look no further than download Squad QL. It's the only mobile app that you need to destroy your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pools. So you're like, Williamson, what the heck are you talking about? How does Squad QL actually know all those things? How do they do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulls in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the same creators as RotoQL, which is the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer used by well over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free at both Apple and Android. All right, guys, let's stay in that same game. I've got to ask you about Nick Chubb. Of course, we saw last week the trade that sent Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars, leaving the starting job uh, in Cleveland there for Chubb. He had had a pretty solid first game. Uh, I think the hype and the expectations really just went, uh, went crazy there over those two or three day span but but uh chubb did finish with 18 rushes 80 yards and a touchdown based on this this new opportunity this uh sudden opportunity that he has as the starter there and uh, we know all about that young offense they've built in cleveland i'm going to rank him as a as a running back one a top 12 running back in my dynasty rankings matt is that an overreaction or is that appropriate I think it's close. I mean, like, 
Do you think it's safe to say that he's clearly the number two rookie running back behind Barkley? I mean, you take him over carry on Johnson now, over Geis, over Michelle? I mean, if the answer is no to that, then I don't think he's top 12. So I'd probably have him a little outside that. I want to see a little bit more, but I might change my tunes really soon. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can say he's the clear uh, rookie RB2 over those guys. I, I mean, to me, Chubb, Michelle... And even Geis, and and you can throw Carryon Johnson in there probably as well. Uh, I think if you ask four different people, you might get four different answers with mm-hmm. those guys. Um, he he is my RB two in the class. The one I'm really struggling with is Chubb versus Leonard Fournette. So where where do you stand on that, Matt? Who? I think I want Chubb. Yeah, so I've got Chubb at running back 13. I've got Fournette at running back 12. So I guess uh, I'm not going to say that's an overreaction. I, I think it it's fair for sure uh, because looking at my list, Dalvin Cook is the next guy up. Le'Veon Bell is the next guy up. It's It it wouldn't take much for, for Chubb or, or really any of these rookies to uh, start climbing those ranks. Travis, let's get your thoughts on this one. Ranking Chubb as a top 12 dynasty tight end. Uh, as a tight end, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I think as a running back, for sure, actually, I, I really like that. And I, I like him over Fournette. Fournette's health really does worry me. I mean, even we forget, you know, that final season at LSU, he just had to sit out. He was like, no, my, my ankles and whatever. It's it's just not – I need to just sit out. <laughs> and uh, that's really been a problem throughout his career, even dating back to college. So – if that's really going to be an issue, and it looks like it is, at least for this year, given the Jaguars' overreaction with Carlos Hyde and bringing him in, um, I think you, you kind of have to uh, worry some with him. But with Chubb, I think definitely. I think we always knew Chubb's talent was there. I mean, he was a top 40 NFL draft pick, and uh, the Browns want him to succeed. Obviously, they, they think Carlos Hyde is washed sending him out. But if you look at... Uh, immediately how many touches he was given you know 18 carries out of the out of the gates uh, and really Carlos Hyde's usage early on this season I mean the opportunities there uh, it's just opportunity and talent when those two meet I'm super interested I don't know if he's obviously the the running back too I actually think he and carry on are next and neck for me right now uh, but uh, I, I think he's definitely in that conversation he and carry on have to be top 15 running backs really at this point um, I mean, it's just kind of a mess of the position. <laughs> and uh, a lot of guys who we thought were sure things are not, like Fournette, like Dalvin Cook. So uh, huge question marks at the position. So I think just by default, uh, with the opportunity and talent, he's there. Okay, I clearly had tied in on the mind. This is why the, Panther- <laughs> the Panthers and the Eagles are our next game. Zach Ertz, another huge game. He's been a top 10 tight end in every single game this season he is the tight end one in scoring this year and I'm going to adjust my rankings I'm going to make him the tight end one overall in dynasty moving him ahead of uh, Travis Kelsey ahead of Rob Gronkowski ahead of all those uh, sophomores that we talked about Travis is that an overreaction to make Zach Ertz the tight end one in dynasty I mean I love opportunity at the position I mean as I was talking about the 
with Chubb, with, with the targets for Njoku and, and Kittle. I love the opportunity. I think Zach Ertz is probably going to have the most targets out of any tight end and has shown to do so really over the past two seasons. That's been him. Uh, but over his car- career, he has taken more volume to get the same results as somebody like a Travis Kelsey. Their, you know, their yards per reception uh, numbers have always there's been a large gap. Typically, Travis, Travis Kelsey has been more efficient uh, with getting touchdowns on a more consistent basis and uh, more yards per reception on a consistent consistent basis. So I think I like Kelsey still by an edge, but it's not crazy if you really just want to go with a guy who's basically getting more targets than all but five wide receivers in the NFL right now, then that's Zach Ertz. And that probably would make him the tight end one, or at least in the discussion uh, every year that he's getting that workload. So an appropriate reaction, but one you're not, you're not taking quite yet. Okay. Yeah, not quite. Matt, what about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the Eagles passing game goes through him. I adore his quarterback, although I like the one in Kansas city too. The dude in (laughs) in New England isn't bad for a little while either, but um, I think I give him the nudge over Kelsey just because few, just a fewer mouths to feed there. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's fair. That's a fair for point. sure. Next game, more more tight end talk. The Vikings and the Jets. We saw Chris Herndon score his uh, second touchdown in a row, or second game with in a row with a touchdown, I should say, and he's still on a lot of dynasty waiver wires i'm gonna spend about a third of my blind bid waiver money to get chris herndon on my roster can can we count on this guy to produce going forward matt i think so i think he's a talented guy my worry would be that they have so many so much cap space and so many resources that they go draft the stud tight end or sign the best one out there and we forget all about this guy but for 30% of your fab, who cares? I mean, it's getting kind of late in the season. I mean, use it up. Yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, in fact, he's already on a lot of my roster, so uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. Travis, what about you? What do you think about Herndon? Yeah, that's my thing. At this point in the season, there's not going to be a bunch of players that even warrant that type of attention. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you still have 30% to throw around, uh, I, I'm definitely down to do that just because – uh, I, I like him as a talent. I mean, he, he had health questions, I guess, for a brief second there coming out. Uh, but I think he's obviously the best option on the team right now. And it's not like they have a bunch of elite receiving options taking all the work when they're getting close to the red zone. So, um, yeah, I'm taking a shot there. And if it costs you 30% VAB, you don't have to trade for him. By all means, <laughs> go for that. What if you had to trade for him? Is is a third get it done? Do you do it for a third? Is that fair? I think if I'm... Yeah, that's tough because, like, I mean, he's probably right on the fringe, you know, right if if, if you're an early, <laughs> like an early fourth type guy. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say if it's going to be projected late third, that's about right. But tight ends don't typically cost that much on rookie draft day. So it's like, eh, should I just get somebody next year? I think that would be about on par with what you would get next year around that spot, maybe late, late third, early fourth. So I think that's fair. I think I would take the the deal if I really needed a tight end. Yeah, I I think I'd give up a third for him. All right, guys, next game, the Lions and the Dolphins. Travis kind of already shared his thoughts on this one. Uh, We saw Kerryon Johnson have his best game of the season, of his young career, and, of course, that came with Theo Riddick out. No coincidence there that Johnson 
also saw his uh, highest amount of touches this season. So I'm going to rank Carryon Johnson as a top 15 dynasty running back. Travis, we kind of already know you're on board with this one. What are your thoughts on Carryon? Well, I've loved Carryon throughout the entire process, and I'm probably a little biased because I am an Auburn fan. <laughs> but, I mean, even dating back to as, as a true freshman, I liked him as a player. I mean, he had more receptions than any running back on Auburn's team as a true freshman way back when. Uh, he didn't really get a bunch of run work that year, but he showed he, he could carry the load just one year ago. Uh, so I was all about uh, projecting him as a as a top option this year, and, and I think he's my highest-owned rookie, you know, early-round rookie in all of my dynasty leagues. Uh, so I'm, I'm a believer, and so I'm a little biased, obviously, but I think with his workload and his, his efficiency thus far, it's been impressive. I mean, he's already basically a top 10 back in terms of yards, rushing yards per game. And uh, he's doing that with, uh, I think, over six yards per carry right now. Uh, and he really does have underrated receiving chops. He's not, you know, getting a crazy workload because the Oritic is still there. But uh, I really, I mean, Blunt's going to be gone. And I think after this year, uh, it's going to be really his show. So I, I'm buying him in the future. And I think as far as dynasty values go, like, we we put the cart before the horse way too often. But I think he's there already, and it's just going to get better. So you you definitely have him in your top 15. Uh, we talked yeah. about Cook, Fournette, Chubb, some of the guys that are in that range. Um, the other rookies, Michelle, Geis, maybe James Conner could be in there uh, in that conversation. Matt, what about you? on Johnson in the top 15. That's not an overreaction, is it? No, I don't think so. And we kind of covered this when we were talking about Chubb because we mentioned is he a top 12. And I think it's a coin flip between Johnson and Chubb, who I like better. Um Right now, he's kind of in that somewhat of a, of a problem area just because he's not the goal line back and he's not the number one receiving back and Riddick was going to come back and eat into that those touches. And, and I think that Patricia will probably take the Belichick mode and will not just have one workhorse ever. He'll probably have two distinctly different players. But he's a really good player and a really good offense, and he looks great on tape and... So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a top 15 dynasty running back. All right, guys, let's move on. Next game, Patriots and the Bears. Uh, We saw James White with another big game. This guy just keeps producing. He's actually been uh, the RB24 or better in every game this season, so that makes him an RB2 or better in, in each game. And really just uh, amazing what he's been able to do in, in that split backfield. I'm buying James White. I'm a contender. I'm making a move, and I'm giving up a first-rounder for him. Not necessarily the type of guy you typically will sell your your future first for, but I think it makes sense in this case. Travis, what about you? I mean, he's on pace for like 800 receiving yards <laughs> as a back. So, I mean, that, that workload right now that he's getting is the most consistent we've seen out of a Patriots back in years, I feel like. So, uh, well, I mean, Deion Lewis was pretty well utilized last year, albeit on a lower snap count. He was just highly efficient with his touches. And I think James White has been high, highly efficient this year. He's gotten to the end zone a lot of times. And I'm not sure his you know touchdown percentage maintains its current elite levels, but uh, I like him as, as a player that I can invest in. But probably not for a first, though. I think I think that's still not who he is. I think that's not really the, the price I want to buy for him if I have an an early second of someone else's and I'm competing 
uh, sure. It's he's kind of like right on the fringe for me. He's really close just because of his short term uh, value to me in the production category. But I mean, if, if Michelle is is indeed uh, healthy and it's not a big deal like they they're reporting, then I'm not really buying him long term. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I assume we're talking PPR here to even consider it, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think his yeah. touchdown numbers aren't going to be great, you know, going forward. That's kind of fluky to me. Um, the only way I consider it is if I'm really a contender, I think it's going to be the 12th pick or 11th pick, and my running back situation just got hit hard. Like I'd have Michelle and Fournette or something like that, and I really need a starter for the rest of the year. But that's reaching a little. Yeah, you guys mentioned the touchdown uh, rate for White. So far, he does have uh, seven touchdowns on the season. Six of those are receiving touchdowns. Um, this, I agree with you guys completely. Not only has, has the production been impressive, I, I do think for the most part he keeps it up, at least as far as his role in the receiving game and uh, the yardage and, and receptions he's getting there. But I also think we, we have to expect the touchdowns to regress a little bit. And I think if you're given a first for this guy, you're, you're basically point chasing for the first, uh, the first two months of the season. And I usually don't like to do that. So he's a trade target for me, but I'm not ready to give up uh, a top 12 rookie pick. Colts and the Bills. We saw a big game for Marlon Mack. Uh, finally back and healthy. He's... Uh, he's basically phased Naheem Hines out of the offense uh, in in two weeks, which is kind of, kind of sad to see. We were liking what we what we saw from Hines, but Mac uh, did have that big game as a, as I said, 159 yards, two touchdowns. I'm a little concerned about Marlon Mack, honestly. Uh, he's had the injuries, had multiple injuries already this season. He's missed four of seven games, I believe. So I'm I'm actually going to try to sell based on this high high game, and I'm I'm selling him for a first round pick, Matt. I would too. I've never been a big fan. I don't own him anywhere. I don't love his style of game. My hunch is this will be his biggest game of the year. They're playing a really bad football team. Wouldn't shock me if Le'Veon Bell ends up there next year or something along those lines. They have a ton of money. Uh, I, I say get out while the getting's good. Travis, what about you? Is that an overreaction to sell Marlon Mack for a first rounder, or is that appropriate? I think a lot of people would. I think a lot of people would be all about that. If it's an early first, if it's like a top three first type lock situation, I think that's probably the right price. Uh, but for me, like just a, a random uh, first round rookie pick, it's it's hard for me to commit to that because I I do believe in in Marlon Mack uh, as a talent, and I I like where he's trending. I mean, his snap count went from, I think, 29% to like 35% to over half of the snaps for the Colts. And so they want to get him really involved. And I think that's probably going to grow even uh, just a little bit more here moving forward because I think he's probably going to show that he is the most uh, talented all-around back that they have on their team. So uh, I I would probably not be down to do that. I, I really liked his game at South Florida. He broke like all the records there. I even compared his game to LaShawn McCoy. I mean, obviously not as elite as him. <laughs> I mean, he had a ridiculous college career, but just I mean, his build is similar. Uh, and so I, I compared him. I think it's probably two years ago now that I did. But I really like his talent, and so I'm probably holding unless it's a top three first. 
All right, that makes sense. Personally, I I would be selling for a first rounder, especially if, uh, like you said, Travis, if it looked like an early pick, uh, that makes it even easier. Texans and the Jaguars, the next game. Uh, let's talk about the Jags running backs. We've already mentioned the trade that they made for Carlos Hyde. That that just just makes for a really muddy situation. We're not exactly sure what's going on here when it comes to Leonard Fournette. Of course, he's he's been out dealing with the hamstring injury. The trade that they made caused a lot of speculation that maybe that injury is worse than we expected. Maybe he's done for the year. Who knows? And then following the trade pretty quickly were some reports that he is expected back soon. So we'll kind of have to wait and see when it comes to Fournette. But let's talk about Hyde and TJ Yeldon. I'm buying Hyde. I think this is uh, maybe even a better opportunity for him in Jacksonville than it was in Cleveland. He's the running back 25 on the season, even though he didn't play last year. I'm sorry, last week. So I'm going to send an early second-round pick for Carlos Hyde. Let's start with that, Travis. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair, especially given his uh, projected expectations for production here moving forward. He was obviously inactive this past week. He's got to figure out the offense. But I think he could definitely be a, a, the kind of back, given the uh, potential workload, if he is the primary guy going down the stretch, that he just wins you a championship. Like, And if it costs you a second, okay. I mean, when we get into the first conversation, that's where I really tend to hesitate in a lot of cases with players. But seconds, like once you get into that conversation, it's it's really worse than a coin flip that you're going to hit on much of anything. I mean, if you, I'm sure you've had that conversation on this show, and there are other podcasts that go into this, but the numbers are not good. And if you want a, a player that uh, could could win you a, sh- a championship, that that is Carlos Hyde possibly. All right, Matt, what do you think? Buying Carlos Hyde for an early second rounder. I thought that was well said, and but I'm not as optimistic. I mean, we, Fournette's going to come back at some point, we think, right? I mean, it might be late, but he's going to immediately become the guy. Yeldon, I think, still cuts into his receiving ability. Their offensive line is not playing well at all this year, and their quarterback's awful. I, I just think it's a bad offense. It's a situation overall that I'm kind of running away from. You know, you mentioned Yeldon and his receiving ability. A lot of, in a lot of ways, it's a similar situation for Hyde to what he had in Cleveland. Everybody looks to the highly drafted back as as the most talented. Of course, that's Fournette in this case, Chubb in Cleveland. You've got the pass catching specialist Yeldon Duke Johnson, and then you've got Hyde, who's kind of stuck in between those roles. Certainly a talented and, and and a proven running back, but maybe not better than either of the others at, at their specialty. So it, it is a matter of health for Fournette, and we'll, we'll see. Like I said, we'll see what happens with him. Let's talk about Yeldon, though. Uh, he's the running back nine on the season. I think his success, uh, not only from a fantasy standpoint, but just uh, taking over that role when Fournette has – has been uh, dealing with this injury. That really, that made me surprised that they would even make this move. Uh, but based on this, um, I'm selling TJ Yeldon. This this concerns me a little bit that they're even um, feel like it's necessary to add a running back. Selling TJ Yeldon for a late second rounder. So I, I was buying Hyde for an early second, selling Yeldon for a late second. Matt, 
What are you doing there? Yeah, I'll take the pick and just get out of the situation. It's too cloudy for me. The supporting cast around the running back position is too terrible for me. Uh, I'll get out. Uh, I'll take a pick. Yep, same here. I would do the same for uh, Yeldon. I think uh, if you did both of those transactions, I would like where I was more so. So if I if I'm buying Hyde and selling Yeldon for those exact prices, I'm liking where my team is going. Would you give me Yeldon in a second for Hyde? Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's close. Yeah. I mean, like just the second for Hyde. Yeah, but no, not with Yeldon. I think that's trading away. You know, just an an, an option. Uh, you know, if I'm trying to, and, and it would be a situation where I probably wouldn't actually do both because I'd probably want to own the backfield. Right. Sure. But sure. Price wise, it, it makes sense for me. Next game, guys, the Saints and the Ravens. Uh, we saw Elvin Kamara bounce back a little bit. Uh, of course, in Mark Ingram's first game, uh, really Ingram dominated that, uh, both touches and production. He was the running back nine. Kamara was the running back 41 in that, that week. This week, flip-flopped a little bit. Kamara running back 16. Ingram running back 37. But the bottom line is... Uh, Ingram's return has has certainly impacted Kamara's uh, performance, and and playing the Ravens' defense didn't help much either. Uh, but I'm I'm a little concerned about Kamara here. I'm going to sell him for uh, for two first rounders, and I, I I think I can get a little bit more. What do you, Travis? What do you think here? Yeah, I think he can definitely uh, do that because I think a lot of people would buy for that. I, I'm not selling for two first-rounders. I think his his talent is incredible, and I don't think Ingram is going to be a, a saint next year. Uh, so I'm not really worried about him long-term. So big picture, I don't think he can do that for somebody who's really a first-round startup value pick. I think he's in that three-first range, and really any time. I'm moving a player of this caliber. I want to get an actual physical player to insert into my lineup now as well. You know, somebody who is actually producing at a pretty solid level plus some firsts. So it'd be really tough to move for just two firsts or even just a little extra. Okay, let's let's kind of follow that path. We agree that two firsts, random first, maybe even two high first would not be enough yeah. for Camara. So. No. Let's think about what player in that role. You said you want a player as well that you can put in your lineup. What player, along with two first-rounders, would you take for Kamara? Uh, oftentimes, I'm trying to trade cross-positionally. I'm not necessarily often t- just trying to trade a running back for running back and change in many cases. So if I can afford to do so, given my depth, I'm probably going to tar- target a wide receiver. Um, if I'm making a trade like this, so I'd probably go for somebody like a like a Diggs, like you know somebody who's also young, uh, also has a significant startup value, uh, and I, I trust to produce, uh, but isn't gonna you know be a major major drop off in in terms of startup value. Uh, and I'm still adding some firsts. That's that's the kind of player I, I want to target, which may sound really pricey, but that's mainly because that's how much I believe in, in Kamara and his value to maintain in that elite tier. Uh, so I, I really I would have to get somebody at least around the Diggs range in terms of what value. What about Kenny Galladay Plus or Cortland Sutton? That would, I would need a lot more. Uh, I, like Those would be guys that I would probably say, you know, two firsts and you know both those guys <laughs> like 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 they're I, I like what they're doing right now and i believe more so in Cortland Sutton than i do Kenny Galladay uh but um 
but yeah, that, that would be a kind of deal where I'd probably just knowing that, uh, I, I can't even really plug Cortland Sutton in it, cut Sutton in right now. And I think Galladay is probably going to take a step back and, and probably be more like a wide receiver three for me. I don't really want to get a wide receiver three, somebody who might pan out and then, you know, maybe a first, it's probably going to have to be two first plus those two. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I would buy Kamara for any first round, two first round picks in a heartbeat. I'd give you three yeah. random ones, of, especially from next year's draft, in a heartbeat, too. I mean, he's a superstar. Yeah, totally. All right, we all agree that's an overreaction, and if you're selling Kamara, you'll need uh, a lot more than two first, it sounds like. If you're selling Kamara, give me a call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, the Redskins and the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to kind of go away from this game and, and go more towards uh, the news off the field that we talked about earlier. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys made the move. Uh, they traded with the Oakland Raiders, buying wide receiver Amari Cooper. Uh, and I'm going to be buying Amari Cooper as well. No surprise there. Uh, I'm giving a first and a second for Amari Cooper. We know, we know the story. He's been a disappointment for the past year and a half. Uh, I've been begging for a fresh start for him. Dallas is not necessarily what I had in mind as a big Cooper fan, but <clears throat> I do uh, I do expect it to be better still. So I'm I'm trying to get Cooper on my roster uh, if I don't already have him. Giving a first and a second. Travis, is that an overreaction? Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's an overreaction. I'm I'm all over trading a first and a second and getting Amari Cooper. Uh, I think Amari is is definitely better than any wide receiver next year. I know it's been an overhyped rookie class, and we'll probably get to that here in a sec. But Amari is better than anything you're going to get in it with a random first, even an early first with a 1.01 next year because the running backs don't excite me either. Uh, I, 1.01 and a, and a second that's a 2.01. I still uh, do that. I rush to my computer to just smash accept or just on my phone because I awesome. who gets on their computer anymore. But anyway, so. <laughs> that 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 makes me feel good that you're uh, you're still valuing him like that, Matt. What about you? First and second, giving that for Cooper? Oh yeah, without okay. without a problem. I mean, I, it's not the best landing spot ever. It's not going to ever no. be a high volume passing attack, but he's going to lead that team in targets every week, and he's got to be doing cartwheels to get out of Oakland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone should be. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, we talk about Oakland and, and just kind of the disaster that it is, but then we talk about Cleveland and we talk about the Titans and we talk about, you know, there's <laughs> the Cowboys. There's there's a handful of teams that you, you just wonder what what they're doing. I, I don't know how we got to that many uh, that many teams that are having these issues this season. I wish you went to Green Bay. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next game, Rams and the 49ers. Uh, We saw here uh, Matt Breda get hurt again, right? I guess guess he actually – this is not a new injury. He re-injured or or aggravated his ankle injury from uh, a couple weeks prior. But So this is now a shoulder injury for Breda, a knee injury for Breda, an ankle injury – for Breda all this season. He's been so impressive that he's played through most of those, uh, but it kind of seems like he might be hitting that wall now that he's he is going to miss some time. And Raheem Mostert has has been pretty impressive. This pass catcher, he he uh 
had some big preseason games over the past couple of years, but was never really looked at as, as a guy who was going to help you uh, on Sundays. Once the season started, he's looked, looked well though. He's looked good. Um, 150 something yards over the past couple of weeks combined. And like you guys said, the, the waiver wire is getting thin. I'm going to go get this guy and I'm spending half of my money on him. Travis, is that an overreaction? No, I I tried to to scamper around and see if I could just snatch him up anywhere. Uh, even last week, I think, uh, and he was he was gone in a lot of places that I didn't spend enough on. And uh, even like after waivers closed in a couple spots, I'm able to just sneak him in and get him on a couple teams. So happy about that. I, I believe in in his talent. Uh, I really, I mean, I'm again biased. I went to Purdue, and so uh, I like him. I, I loved him coming out more than anyone as an undrafted free agent. I mean, he had like a sub four four forty at his pro day, had like a forty inch vertical, like I think it was an eleven uh, eleven foot something uh, broad jump. I, he he's a kind of a freak athlete, uh, so I really love what he you know offers on that team. He's a, a he's got the burst. He's got the uh, ability to be a receiver. He showed that in his final collegiate season. I want to see him get that type of opportunity if uh, Brady does go down some. So, yeah, for 50% of my fab at this point in the season, that's not unreasonable. You're not giving up a late second for him, though, if you're a contender, are you? No, and again, it's like if, for fab, if, fab, it's just like it's so short term. It's all the, the yeah, value it. to me. Is, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Just, just go for it. If, if that's what it costs you, by all means, just dive in. But a third... Uh, I think is probably where I would be okay uh, being tempted to uh, try to grab him if I can, just especially if Breda does miss extended time because I think he's way more explosive than the alternative, which is what Alfred Morris. So, right. uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of look at it like what's a flex worth for the rest of the year? Yeah. Like yeah. pretty much all my fab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I agree with you guys. And in fact, that's what I was going to say. Whatever you probably don't have 50% of your fab left at this point, but whatever you have left, I don't mind pouring it all on on him to uh you know, like you said, Matt, to possibly get a flex starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't hate checking that box on Sunday morning that oh, I'm starting Mostert today. Okay. I trust the scheme. He's a great athlete. Could break a big play. I mean, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Next game, the Chiefs and the Bengals. I don't even know what we can say about the Chiefs at this point. The the offense continues to be amazing. Patrick Mahomes continues to be uh, unbelievably impressive. He's the quarterback one by a pretty wide margin on the season. And and I think we can, at this point, probably stop comparing him to the other quarterbacks around the league <laughs> and, and maybe just start thinking about how he compares dynasty value-wise to other to other players, to, to running backs and wide receivers. Uh, so I'm ready to put him in my, my top 24 overall. If, if we're drafting a new dynasty startup right now, I'm considering taking him in the top two rounds, most likely the second round. Uh, Travis, is that an overreaction? I think taking any quarterback there that's not uh, in you know, a super flex league, uh, that high is definitely an overreaction. Uh, I think that's just kind of how I value startup picks and how I approach them. I mean, if, if he's going to drop, it's the same as, as usual. If, if we're calling him the next, you know, Aaron Rodgers type value for the next 10 years uh, and you're, you know, he drops to round five or even late round four, I think that's probably where I have my first quarterbacks ranked. 
Uh, I think that's that's probably where I would value him. It's just I, I don't see the, the value, of, um, and I don't see him sustaining this crazy level of production throughout his entire career, uh, although his touchdown percentage has dropped from like 20% to basically what Deshaun Watson was doing last year, around 9%. Uh, and so maybe he sustains some sort of production level like this, but it's probably still not worth the second-round startup pick unless we're talking super flex. I absolutely agree. I, I wouldn't touch a quarterback for quite a while. There's just so many good ones. I mean, if you can get Goff a yeah. couple rounds later. I mean, I could just get and name them over and over. I mean, and even guys that we've talked about today, like I would rather have carry on. I'd rather have Chubb. I'd rather have Amari. I'd rather have Ertz. I mean, would you guys... Would you rather have your choice of any quarterback for Dynasty, or would you rather have Howard, Najoku, Engram, Kittle? I mean, I think that's a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it is as well, and uh, I I do agree with you guys. Not not actually ready to take Patrick Mahomes in the top twenty four. <laughs> um, l- looking at the the list though our most recent adp at dlf 24 overall adam thielen of course that looks like uh, a major bargain at this point uh we're obviously not taking mahomes over him and then going up the list dalvin cook kareem hunt Diggs, Le'Veon bell keenan allen Mixon, juju julio jones david johnson so not yeah i mean it's almost it's, it's almost impossible to see uh, to see taking Mahomes or any quarterback, like you guys said, in the top two rounds. There's just just too much talent. When you look at the end of round three, Devontae Freeman, T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson. So if, if that's the gauge, then maybe I'm starting to consider a, a quarterback there. But we also have some guys uh, later that, that will move up and, and kind of shake up the value once we uh, do our ADP again. So, yeah, to me, it's... It's late third at the very, very earliest uh, where I would consider a, a guy like Mahomes. Let's finish up last game, the Falcons and the Giants. You know, Te- Tevin Coleman has been, to me, one of the most frustrating players this season. We've uh, we talked about him all offseason, Matt. You, you and I talked about him, it felt like, every episode, uh, calling him the next Jarek McKinnon from a, a dynasty value standpoint, expecting him to... Uh, sign a big free agent contract this offseason and, and really get a major boost in value. And in some ways, I, I still expect that. But his production has just been okay so far. He's he's basically had the backfield to himself. Devontae Freeman, uh, I think, has played uh, uh, about two games this whole year, and now he's on the injured reserve list. Um, Coleman has four games finishing in that RB2 range, no RB1 games on the season. It's just, to me, it's just one of those frustration moves. I, I'm just going to get him off my team. I'm selling Tevin Coleman for a late first-round pick. Matt, we'll start with you. Is that an overreaction? I think that's the going rate, and I think he'll put up quality fantasy points and basically be an every-week starter from here on out the rest of this year. I know people immediately think of him as, well, where, where's he going to be next year? He's going to be the next McKinnon, like you said. I mean, what if he ends up in Baltimore or Indy or the Jets or Buffalo or Tampa? That still doesn't make me go, wow, that was a great landing spot. Like, I'm having a hard spot time figuring out a great landing spot for him. Like, if he, he comes to Pittsburgh, Connor's here. You know, like, uh, I, I mean, if you, if you really, to me, the value is for the rest of the year. If you need him to win it, 
go for it. Okay. Travis? Yeah, I think if, how many McKinnons were there this year? There was there was one, and it was Derek McKinnon. So it's just it, it, we're banking on him. I mean, there are so many weird situations with him. I, Ido Smith is getting a lot of touches this year as well, so maybe he vultures a lot of some value down the stretch this year. I think that's an underrated aspect of things. But even after this year, I mean, there's really not a great landing spot. There's going to be some guys I'd probably rather have at the running back position that are going to be valued in the late first uh, at running back next year. And so uh, I would probably prefer like all of them over Tevin Coleman. Uh, So even if he gets in some place that's not awful next year, there's a good chance that he is not alone. Uh, maybe get some rookie company. And then in 2020, it, you know, all bets are off because that class is going to be crazy at the running back position. So really, I just don't like him having much value that's anything close to a sure thing after this year because, I mean, if the if, even if the Falcons re-sign him somehow, which they really can't do because they've got Devontae Freeman there with $9 million in dead cap still just sitting there. So I don't know. There's, there's everything. I, I can't find an, a positive argument for Tevin Coleman over – you know, just any random first. So I like it. All right. I didn't expect that. I thought you guys would hate that one actually. Uh, no. so <laughs> that's, that's another one I'm, I'm off on, on his value. Evidently. Uh, that is all of our NFL games for the week. Travis, thanks for joining us. Before we go, I'd, I'd love to ask you, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit throughout the show here, the 2019 rookie class. Uh, I know you do a lot of work with, uh, with Devi leagues. And of course you're, uh, you're one of our top guys over at DLF when it comes to Devi and, and scouting the incoming rookies. So uh, kind of give us the update S- several weeks into the season, I guess uh, over halfway into the college season, where's the 2019 class standing right now? I know we said uh, a little bit earlier in our conversation before the show that it seems like this class is, has taken hit after hit. Yeah, we just saw DK Metcalf uh, go down with a you know a neck injury, uh, and so it's really a huge question mark whether he's going to go pro next year. I don't think he's going to because he only has like sixty something catches in his college career thus far. So he probably should probably stay uh, and uh, you know put some more stats up on the board and and probably make himself a couple extra million dollars by you know just staying one more year. Uh, he could have been the wide receiver one in many people's eyes, so that's huge. Ole Miss wide receiver there, but his teammate AJ Brown is going to be a monster. Uh, I think he, you know, he plays almost exclusively slot in college. Uh, he's not going to, you know, have an elite uh, athletic profile, but he's my wide receiver one. I think there's still some interesting prospects that are going to be uh, valued highly in the early first round of next year's rookie draft, but I think it's going to drop off pretty quickly because. We're going to be disappointed when we find that zero running backs actually go in the first round of the NFL draft next year. I love David Montgomery, but I don't think that he has to be a guy that goes in round one. Uh, David Montgomery is an Iowa State back, one of the most elusive players in all of college football. Uh, And then there's several other wide receivers that are going to be in that conversation. You've got Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. You have uh, Kelvin Harmon from North Carolina State. You have Brian Edwards. If he decides to go, he'll probably be the youngest wide receiver in the NFL draft, kind of like Juju coming out. He's that young, and but he's uh, an incredible athlete from uh, South Carolina. Again, Brian Edwards. Uh, tons of names that are going to be out there, and they're all going to be a lot of wide receivers. And then after that, it's a bunch of question marks at running back. So uh, I don't really know what to do uh, in terms of valuing, valuing first, but I feel like 2019 first, their value has just been sinking. We kind of talked about that 
before the show, but I mean, it's a class where Noah Fant, who's a tight end for Iowa, could end up being a, a mid-first, early first, maybe, if he has a perfect landing spot. It's, it's a weird class. Yeah, it really is. Uh, quarterback looks pretty terrible, and the the recent news is that Justin Herbert might stay in school. Um and and running back, as you said, is pretty rough. So, it's really all about these these wide receivers and um, and these guys have have either a lot of these have either been struggling to, uh, I guess, really meet the same pace that we saw their first year or two in college, yeah. or or they've had injuries. Um, yeah. I mean, Amon Richards was a guy who we all expected oh, to be man. a first round dynasty rookie pick, and and now sadly his career is over. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a rough college football season as far as a dynasty, uh, standpoint. So what's the move then? Are we dumping our firsts? Are we trying to get 20 picks for the following year? I mean, if you're a contender, I've been trying to move my first for like an every week starter. I mean, I think I don't, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind moving my first rounder, but, or any of my, 2019 rookie picks but i don't feel like uh, i don't feel like you have to get out now you know like like might be the case with a player i still think they're those picks are going to gain value somebody's going to fall in love with Harmon or or you know um aj brown or Nikhil harry or or whoever um and and those picks will still be valuable maybe not as valuable as we've seen the past couple of years though yeah, my worry is that, like, you know, Brian Edwards stays because he's super young, or Colin Johnson stays because he hasn't had, you know, a crazy consistent production profile. Uh, and, you know, some of these guys, even more so that we want to value as top options, choose to stay. And then it's just gross, you know, come January and that value plummets. So I don't know, right now, and really as long as you're, you know, I don't know when your trade down deadline is, but I, I am not, you know, not a fire sale just to get, just to get off the pick, but. You know, an every week starter or a 2021st plus something uh, because people haven't really figured out that everyone, at least widespread, hasn't really figured out that that class is going to be stacked at running back and looks to be more stacked at wide receiver than we thought, too. So, well, and, and I'm quarterback about, uh, planning ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, with two of Taco Bailoa. And if it's, uh, you know, Justin Herbert decides to stay with all that buzz, I mean, it could be a really fun class full of every single position. All right, Travis, thanks again for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. Well, of course, Dynasty League Football. I appreciate the opportunity that you gave me there, Ryan. I'm just dating back to my first guest piece and to all the work uh, that I've done since. It's been a blast uh, just getting to know a lot of the guys, including yourself. Uh, So Dynasty League Football is where a lot of uh, my stuff can be found right now. Uh, I do a college DFS video and little just chart of some of my favorite plays for uh, the Fantasy Authority. Uh, I do a weekly piece right now for Fantasy Pros as a, as a guest from DLF uh, on some Debbie uh, college and you know NFL draft targets, things like that. And then, of course, the Dynasty Life podcast every single week. So, uh, yeah, I'm staying kind of busy right Sounds now. Like- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a busy time for all of us. Thanks again for making time uh, with us tonight, Travis. And, and thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.